You're listening to the Beats and Bars podcast hosted by Battle Beats. This podcast is out there to shine a light on the most slept on and underrated rappers and producers. Hey guys, what's up? Battle Beats here with the Beats and Bars podcast and we've got a very special guest today. We've got Adrian Wood or Anno Domini as most of you know him. How's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's getting to that point where it's getting a little bit darker at night, so it's uh, it's kind of my favourite season when it's not when it's not too hot. Um, and my birthday's tomorrow, so I'm 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 feeling good. Yeah, happy days. Congratulations! My Thank birthday you. is in two weeks, so not too far off. <laughs> happy days, happy days. So, for those of you that don't know, um, do you want to be called Adrian Anna Domini? What's the What's the best way to to refer to your AD? I know a lot of people call you AD. You can call me AD, yeah. Anno yeah. Domini is a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So we've got, um, for those of you who don't know AD, AD is, uh, first first time I came across him was on a podcast uh, by Producer Grind. He's, um, he sells beats, beat licenses to rappers and singers, and he's made over a million dollars doing that. He's also a CEO. He's the CEO of Modern Producers, which sells sample packs to uh, producers like myself and like to some of those that are listening. And he also is co-running um, Midi Money with Legion Gabe as well. So you're a busy guy. But do you yes. want to um, just tell us how you started off with music? Because I know um, from what I've heard before, you started selling beats around the early 2000s. But I'm assuming it, it started before then as well. Yeah, I got started, like you mentioned, in the early 2000s. I think 2003. Mm-hmm. was when I, I was at university at the time. I was kind of bored in between classes. So I thought I'd download some free software and just start messing around. That was kind of my introduction to music production. So I never really went to school to be a producer. I never really thought I would be a producer. Mm-hmm. I actually went to study business. And uh, I'd always been a huge hip-hop fan throughout my youth, essentially. I always listened to that kind of underground East Coast, Wu-Tang Clan, Mob Deep, Gangstar kind of sound. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought too much about the the beats. But when I... Downloaded, downloaded some semi-legal, let's say, software during university just to play around. That was kind of, you know, my addiction instantly, and I loved it. I had so much fun just messing around and being creative. And I started posting my music online on mp3.com and soundclick.com. Those were kind of two big forums for producers to share what they were working on at the time. And um, before too long, people started hitting me up. Artists had started hitting me up asking where, where they could license my music, how, how they could buy it. So I kind of had like this light bulb moment where I was like, hey, I could actually get paid for doing something that's really fun and I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And I could, you know, hopefully make some beer money as a student. So it was it was fun. You know, I just kind of got stuck into it because I enjoyed doing it. And it was just born out of that love for being creative and, and enjoying music. Nice. So is it, because I know there's a lot of producers out there that are very musical, but don't know how to play an instrument. I'm seeing a nice acoustic guitar in the background. Are, are you quite good at playing guitar as well? No, that's just for sure. Is it? <laughs> well, it looks I, play, cool. I play the piano. I took um, a little bit of piano lessons when I was a kid and uh, everything else is self-taught. I can probably strum about 10 chords, if that, very badly. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good going. Because there's always that massive debate about producers. Oh, well, I don't use stems. I don't use MIDI. I just create everything myself. And, and being someone who can play several instruments, I like to use both elements. Some of my favorite beats that I've ever made are using someone else's loop. And I just, I just, I just think if you, you, you can use the tools, but at the end of the day, if the music sounds good, who, who really 
really cares as much. And yeah, and that's like, still a creative process. You're still infusing your creativity. You're still um, selecting the sounds. You're still figuring out what works well together. It's kind of like saying like an artist is cheating by using a paintbrush just because he didn't let you go out and chop off a piece of wood and create the tool to mm. you know paint the canvas. I mean, of course, you know anything that speeds up the creative process or anything that inspires you, it doesn't have to be literally composed from scratch. It could be hearing you know a, a pre-made melody or a loop or or a, or a preset or something like that. Mm. I think that's fair game. I don't see any problems with that. Yeah, I do as well, and I think. And like I said, sometimes if you know, if you've got a rapper or a singer and they're like, yo, I need you to make me a, a beat like this. And you're like, okay, cool. Maybe you haven't got much time. And sometimes if it's an, a guitar type beat, I might have a go at playing the loop myself, but sometimes it's just so much quicker and better sometimes just to use a loop, which is played by someone who's probably 10 times better than me on guitar anyway. And the, and the loop just sounds awesome. And you load it in and then you might chop it up a bit, pitch it down, do whatever you need to do but sometimes it just is a little bit more enjoyable because it's almost like a collaboration and you, and you don't realize even though if the loop is royalty free and things like that but i i really enjoy using loops but i want to uh, ask you some questions about your entrepreneurship because i know you said that um you went to university to study business and things like that and you run several businesses at the moment what would um when was that like moment where you was like right i'm actually an entrepreneur now and when did it sort of start to sink in because one point you were just a guy making beats doing quite well selling beats and then all of a sudden fast forward to 2020 and you're a fully fledged entrepreneur what was what was that like sinking moment like was it was it was it, you know, it was good yeah it was kind of a process to be honest i mean when i first started selling beats online Literally, it was just me posting content to SoundClick and embedding a little PayPal checkout button on that page, which at the time, I guess, was kind of, I don't want to say revolutionary, but nobody, not a lot of producers were doing that kind of thing. So that kind of was the introduction to the whole online producer community and selling beats online. And that eventually evolved into a whole community and a pretty big industry. And of course, eventually people transitioned away from SoundClick. They moved on to sites like BeatStars, Airbnb. Mm -hmm that now have millions of members, right? There's literally millions of producers selling beats online now. So it's, it's kind of crazy to see that development. But um, of course, at the time when I, was, I started selling beats online, I thought, hey, this is a business, you know, this is awesome, I'm an entrepreneur. But I realized pretty quickly that there's more to it than that, right? Because all I was doing all day was working in my business. I was uh, creating content, uploading content, trying to be a social media person, trying to do marketing, trying to do emailing. I was wearing all these different hats. And essentially, I was just a glorified customer service rep, right? So I was, yes, I was being creative. I was doing that stuff, but I was doing everything else too. So um, from there, I kind of progressed into um, starting to build a team of producers. And I realized that if I wanted to put out consistent content and still grow the business, I would have to actually have other people working together with me. So um, eventually, I grew that into a team of, of 10 producers, which is Anno Domini Nation. And uh, all of those guys create content. And eventually we also started outsourcing, you know, hiring people to do all those other tasks so we could just focus on being producers and I could focus more on being the entrepreneur and being sort of the, the person driving the business and looking for opportunities. So I think a lot of um, producers kind of have this misconception of being an entrepreneur 
and essentially they're just working in their business instead of on their business. Hmm. So if you really want to expand and you want to grow and you want to have a, a fully fledged music production business, you, you start to, you know, you have to start thinking in terms of um, how, who can I delegate to? How can I outsource tasks? How can I focus on my core strengths? So, um, I mean, it's fine to just be a producer, but there's a difference between being a producer and being a business owner and being an entrepreneur, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, it wasn't, it wasn't really until pretty recently where I felt confident in calling myself an entrepreneur, right? Now I have a big business. I have a whole team of people and I have all these different companies, but yeah, it was, it was just a process. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned I went to school to study business and all that, but I feel like studying business and being in business are two completely different things as well. It's kind of something that you just learn by doing and getting stuck in and, and through experience. Because, um, I mean, sure, you can learn about the historical significance of, of business and, you know, where did all these theories come from? But at, at the end of the day, actually starting a business and growing a business is completely different to what they teach you. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, my dad runs two successful um, hotels down um, down south of England and he's doing really well. But he's he he's told me the only way he knows how to do them is just by doing it. And the, mm -hmm. the you know, the 30 years of being in that industry and just smashing it every day and just becoming, you know, elite in that in that area. Um, and that's that's definitely yeah. how I feel. I've always been entrepreneurial. I mean, I'll be turning 27 tomorrow. And um, ever since I'd left school, I was like, right, I want to start a business doing this. So I, I started um, a street food business and I got logos and I did everything and I, and I tried to get a few pitches, but I never, I never did. Um, I also mm -hmm. love wine and I'm quite knowledgeable about wine. And I was like, right, I'm going to, going to start a wine consultancy business. And I did that for a, for a short while. And then, and I was like, oh, they're fun, but I, I want to just do music really what I want to do. So I'm going to stop playing around with other business ideas for now. Um, and then, really focus on music and I, I I remember you saying a while ago that um, there's so many producers stressing to make loads of beats every day every week but you don't actually need to do that you need you know make have some solid beats and then be confident in them and then market them in the right way so when I'm going to make my funnels I'm going through my beats and finding out I've got these 30 40 50 100 beats that I want to put together and right and now i need to think of a way of putting them in a bundle what's my um target customer have a tag and a one uh, and it really makes you think on the business instead of just thinking oh i've got these awesome beats i'm going to post little 30 second instagram clips and tiktok clips and get them out there and it, it, it's really helped me oversee the business in like a business perspective instead of just being a guy that makes beats and I think it's really helped me as a as a producer um but what what would you say is like the key for a producer who for, for example the, the midi money guys all of the 2000 plus producers that's in that group what would you say are the keys for those guys that have, are confident in the beats and are a little bit They've tried the funnel a few times. They've maybe tried two or three variations and they've maybe grown their email list to 1,000, 2,000 people, but they're not seeing like the results or the replies back or they're seeing that the campaign of that um, beat bundle slowly goes from 70% people open the freebies and then it slowly, slowly, slowly gets down. What sort of advice would you give to those sort of producers? Because that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So um, great question, but let's, let's back up just for a second real quick. So first of all, uh, let's talk about what, what, what a funnel is real quick, because I think some producers don't really understand the concept. Yeah, sure. I'm You're jumping actually, the gun a little bit. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's good. I like it. But um, just real quick for everyone's, everyone's sake, um, essentially every producer has a funnel, right? A funnel is just the customer path. So for example, if you have a BeatStars page, then your funnel is very simple. It's, you know, somebody maybe finds the link to the BeatStars on YouTube, they click over, they buy the beat, they get the beat sent to them. That's the entire funnel. So that's kind of like a, a simple funnel, um, kind of a, a dumb funnel, to be honest with you. So a smarter funnel kind of builds up the entire process. Like you mentioned, for example, upfront, we might be giving a customer some free beats in exchange for an email address. Because what happens if, if you send somebody straight to a store, only a tiny fraction of people are actually gonna end up buying something right away. That's because you haven't built a relationship with them. They don't know who you are. They don't know how to trust you. So the idea is to collect their email, put them into your um, email system, start messaging them, start building a dialogue, introducing yourself, providing content. And then the theory of reciprocity and, and psychology says that the more value you provide to them, the more they're actually willing to give you to. In other words, they might reward you with that sale. And as that trust um, starts building and manifesting, then you can start selling content and uploading you know, more and more content for them to purchase. So that's kind of what a, what a smarter funnel does. So like you mentioned, we have this program called Mini Money, which is essentially just like a marketing a community for producers where we uh, help producers to essentially make a living doing what they love. And again, there's, there's nothing wrong with just being a producer. If you just wanna be a producer, you just wanna get your content out there, you just wanna have a big Instagram or a big YouTube channel, then sure, just upload you know, loads of content, be consistent, and then you can grow your social platforms. That's, that's fine, that's perfectly fine. But if you actually wanna build a business and turn music production into something that's gonna pay you and uh, provide for a stable career, Mm -hmm. And you need to start thinking about, you know, how do I actually monetize the content? And in that case, it's not enough to just create endless amounts of beats because if you put a beat out there onto the internet, it's, it's not just going to automatically attract people who come in and purchase from you. You actually need to figure out how to find your audience, how to address your audience, how to cater to their needs, and then they'll end up purchasing from you. So mm -hmm. that's what we do with MIDI money. And like you mentioned, you know, a lot of producers, they start out obviously, um, they start learning about marketing, they start learning about business, they start understanding all these concepts. And there's definitely a process that needs to be followed. You know, it's not like, you know, from day one to day two, all of a sudden you're getting hundreds of thousands of, of beat sales, you know? So it's all about experimentation. It's about being um, patient. It's about, you know, yes, following the advice, but also not being afraid of being creative and trying your own thing. Mm -hmm. So I know one thing that a lot of people say to me is like, oh, you know, this, this funnel thing that you guys are doing, I've seen like 20 other producers with funnels, so it's saturated now. And my answer to that is like, dude, there's, there's 3 million producers right now selling their beats through BeatStars. And their entire funnel is using YouTube to drive traffic to BeatStars. So do you think that is saturated in comparison to those 20 guys that you might see all of a sudden popping up mm. on Facebook, you know, promoting their beat packs through a funnel? So um, yeah, it's just about experimenting, trying things out and, and being consistent with it. And um, one thing that I should mention as well, like the difference between a funnel and a beat store, one of the, the core concepts is that you're bundling up products and services, right? You're not just offering a customer a single beat, but you're actually giving them a comprehensive service and product package of things that are irresistible to them. 
So that could, for example, be a, a package of 10 beats in the particular genre that your dream customer wants beats in. It could also be a mixing and mastering package, a shout out on your Instagram, and maybe a manual for how to set up your home studio recording environment. So that's like a complete package, right? That gives your customer everything that they need as an artist. And that's what differentiates you from the 3 million producers just selling a beat through a store. And obviously that's gonna be unique to every single producer because every producer has their own dream client that they're trying to cater to. And everyone has an infinite amount of uh, content and information and, and services that they can offer, which might be completely unique to them, right? You might be a fantastic mixing engineer or you might have an Instagram channel with 10,000 followers that you can uh, you know, lend to that artist to offer them a shout out and that kind of stuff, you know? Definitely. And, and I've been in the MIDI Money Group since January. And ever since I started, it, it's just like, it's been just a, a mountain of knowledge that's been, it's one of those things where I felt like a, a, a baby or a kid at Christmas. It's like, you get all this good, <laughs> you get all this good stuff um, but then on Christmas Day, you can't play with all your toys just yet. You have like the, 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 the two week Christmas holiday to, to get, get yourself through it. And, and I certainly feel so much more confident in marketing. And I've, you know, trying to read up and listen to um, people like yourself, Gabe, Russell Brunson, and just really try and soak the knowledge in because I've not really um, broken even yet with, with my funnel. But that that I'm okay with that at the moment because I'm, I understand this is a process and I understand that this is going to take time and I've tried different um, bundles and I'm trying different things here and there and it's and it's, it's it's really challenging but in a good way that keeps me motivated and that's one of the best things about being in the group is everyone in there is sort of on the same page and everyone's trying to help each other so I know when I've ever had questions you just put them in. And everyone and everyone just jumps and helps it's like it's, it's just great and it makes you know as a producer yeah. it just makes you feel like well i'm not alone in this struggle or this grind and everyone else is 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 really supportive so what why did you and gabe want to create a facebook group where everyone was supportive uh, and spurring each other on because I, I, I that was one of the really attractive things to me when um going to join midi money yeah, you know, it's it's funny because originally we thought creating this Facebook group would just be, you know, an, an additional bonus. But as time has passed, we've been running this for about a year and a half now. It's kind of become the, the main value, I feel like. And to me, in the wider production community, I feel like there's such a sort of um, mentality of me against you, right? It's such a like competitive thing. Like, I got to make more beats than that guy. I got to make more money than that guy. I want to be at the top of the charts. But really like the value of a community is in coming together and benefiting from from everyone's expertise and benefiting from that synergy right so instead of competing gabe and i we really believe in collaborating and i mean we literally live what we teach right because gabe and i we came together with legion beats and animal domination and we're literally putting out content together all the time creating courses creating beat packages for artists and things like that and obviously for artists, it's great because they get, you know, more content, more diverse content. And for us, it's great because we can bounce ideas off each other. We can help each other out. We can leverage each other's audiences, all this kind of stuff. Because there's only so much knowledge that Gabe can accumulate on his own and, and only so many areas of expertise he has. And likewise, the same is true of me. 
But if suddenly I'm working with like 10 other producers that can all help each other and come together, I only see that benefiting everyone in the long run. And the cool thing about something like using funnels as well is that even if literally every single person in the entire production community right now decided to use funnels instead of selling through a beat store, the conversion rates are just better and it provides a better service for your customers. So everyone's actually going to end up making more money. Again, coming back to the saturation thing, it, it can't really happen, right? Because everyone is still better off at the end of the day. And you talked about something really interesting, which is, you know, you're still not quite breaking even on your funnel, but low key, we're kind of turning you into a better marketer, right? You're understanding mm -hmm. human psychology, you're understanding marketing principles that don't just apply for selling beats, right? This is something that's universal. Mm -hmm. So if you want to take this information, you want to build a funnel or not, you know, maybe you have some other way of, of communicating with your customer, but you can apply those principles to pretty much anything, whether, you know, you're running a, a hotel like your dad or you're selling, um, I don't know, used cars or whatever it is that you're doing or a fitness coaching program online, the same principles, providing value upfront, building a relationship with your customer, you know, upselling order bumps, all this kind of stuff. It just works and it's universal. Hmm. So even if you decide, you know, you want to do something completely different, eventually, maybe your wine business or something, you can still use that knowledge and it's probably going to help you be more successful in that field. Yeah. And again, yeah, like you said, it, it's a process Like you might not, you might not be making money on, on day one. Maybe it will take you a month. Maybe it will take you six months, maybe a year, but just by virtue of, of trying things out, once you actually strike gold and you figure out, you know, that sort of perfect ingredient, the perfect bundle, the perfect target customer from there, it's just, you know, sky's the limit because then you just scale, hmm. but you can't, you can't jump from, from one to the next, right? You need to actually figure out what works for your audience. And that's not, that's not down to you necessarily. It's you having to figure out and have that dialogue with your, with your audience. And that might take some time until you really drill down on it. Yeah, definitely. And that's the best thing about it. It's not, it's not just like I, I have gone in and invested in this thing just for my music. It's, it, that's one of the great things about it is it is just something that you can use for, for any sort of business idea. Um, and that's, that's why it's so valuable. And that's why I'm so grateful to, to have invested in MIDI money because I'm just like, man, this, this, it, this stuff's gold. And when I get it working for me, it's going to be going to be sweet. It's going to be real awesome times. But now's the, the part where it's like, this is actually awesome because I've spent years trying to get good at making beats or, you know, spent years learning how to mix or whatever. But now it's like, right, I'm at an okay level. So that, you know, the beats are all right. Now it's let's, let's figure out how we can sell this and let's really try and make music my full-time thing. And that's, that's one of the best things about it. It gives you like, a hope, but then a motivation to, to keep going as well. Um, which yeah. Is, and I, I just want to point awesome. out as well, because I feel like some producers kind of see online producers that sell their beats as some kind of like, you know, evil thing, like money is bad. Or, you know, if you do it to, to make sales, you're in it for the wrong reasons and stuff like that. But the thing is like, if you're a music producer and you want to continue being able to do what you love, there comes a point where you have to be able to make some kind of money from it, right? So you owe it to yourself at the very least to make enough money to continue what you do and what you love forever. Because otherwise, like the number, the number one reason that artists quit is because they run out of money, out of motivation, out of time, right? 
So if mm. you can't learn how to monetize what you love, eventually you're going to have to, you know, spend all your time working at the nine to five you don't enjoy and music is going to get pushed to the sidelines. Mm -hmm. So as a creative myself, I would urge every creative to figure out how to monetize what they do if they really love it and want to continue to do it. Mm. Definitely. I definitely think that so many more producers are just so sort of selfish in the way that they're just like, yeah, I'm making beats and this is what I'm doing and I'm just going to do what everyone else is doing. And that they're not doing themselves any favors. Like it's, it's like you are wasting your talents, invest in yourself, start learning marketing, start trying to make some money out of it just because you, you, you owe it to yourself. Like you're saying, it's like, and I, I did, I had this realization a couple of years ago before I branded myself as battle beats and made an IG page and just started posting my beats online. I was like, I don't want to be, you know, hitting 40 and wishing I, I wish I did more with my music. So when I was like 24 or something, I was like, right, I'm going to really just give it a go. And I'm going to really make, make something out of this. And, and, and I'm really glad I did because I, I, I don't want to look back and think, oh, wasted talent. You just wasted, you know, you, you know what you love doing. Now look at you, you've, you know, you, you've got kids, you, 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 your life is just a little bit boring. I didn't want that for myself. I wanted better um, and, and sort of, Doing, doing it my own way for a certain time, figuring out the ways to do it, watching a load of YouTube videos by YouTube producers and seeing what they're doing, trying to do what they're doing. But it wasn't until January where I was like, right, I'm actually on a trajectory now, which is only going to go up because I'm, I'm investing in this. And, and, it's, and it's just super awesome. But um, I also want to talk to you about... Yeah, I also want to talk to you about modern producers because I've been listening to loads of podcasts that you've been in um, and you never really talk about that too much and, and that's another company that you run. Um, so when did you really start Modern Producers and what was the process of, of starting like a sample pack company? Because I know a lot of producers sell drum kits and things on BeatStars and Melody Loops and stuff like that, but what, what gave you the idea to make a full-on like store and really just go all in on it and make it quite a big sample pack company. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I've been catering to artists as a producer for a long time from like 2003 to, to today, essentially. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm a producer. I, I speak the language of producers. Producers are my, my friends, my colleagues and all that stuff. So I figured, you know, if, if I really want to, um, surround myself with people that I enjoy hanging out with all the time, I should cater to producers too, right? And it was funny because at the time, actually, I feel, I feel like I had more producers following me on social than artists, right? Because producers just wanted to know what I, what I was up to, what I was, mm. you know, doing. So I figured, well, let me just, you know, talk to the producer community and figure out how I could serve them as well. And that's how um, I came up with the idea of creating a sound kit website. I felt like there was uh, certainly at the time, like a, a real gap in the market for um, basically providing high quality sounds and tools at affordable prices because you could either buy these sort of extremely expensive like hardware or, or software subscription tools um, and then there would be very limited choice and not a lot of producers could could afford that or there was some sort of free blogs and websites that just flooded the market with thousands of really low quality kits and nobody could really like sift through all that crap and figure out what was actually good quality. So I kind of wanted to provide a middle ground. That was, that was the mission to empower producers and provide 
access to the same high quality stuff that you know the producers, the professional producers and multi-million dollar studios had access to, but at an entry level price. So I started doing research and then I came across a website called Modern Producers and it was run by this guy, guy called Torbjorn. And he actually came to me for, um, so I, I didn't found Modern Producers. Torbjorn ah, did, so I gotta, I I gotta give a, a shout out to him. Is that, yeah. is that a Norwegian name? It is, yeah. yeah. And he actually came to me for advice because he had already built the site, it had a cool name, Modern Producers. I thought that was cool, it was a nice brand. Um, but he was kind of struggling to make any sales or connect because he didn't have that same connection to the production community that, that I did. So we actually decided to collaborate and I helped him build the store a little bit. And then eventually he kind of um, went off and did something else. And I decided to just outright purchase modern producers. And then um, I kind of built it into eventually what it is today, where we have, you know, tens of thousands of customers and thousands of vendors and products and things like that. Um, but yeah, it was a new experience for me too, coming in and, and um, advising another business and then building it kind of from the ground up instead of starting something fresh, which was a lot of fun too. Um, but yeah, I mean, today Modern Producers is obviously one of the biggest sound kit websites and over the years we've kind of expanded what we do. Recently we got into offering like video courses and things like that too, custom vocal services. And uh, it's just been really fun, you know, catering to, to producers as well as the artist community. Yeah, that's really cool. And how did you find, because I know that you've got your um, Two Comma Club Award, which for those who don't know what that is, that's a ClickFunnels Award uh, for when you've made a million dollars. So um, what, what was, I've totally just forgotten what I was going to say then. Oh yeah, sorry. How did you feel um, that the funnel system that was working for Selling Beats moved over to modern producers and selling to producers instead of artists and singers and rappers and all that. Yeah. It's like what I said, you know, the marketing fundamentals, they apply for anything. They're not specific to selling beats. So if you understand that process, you can apply it to, to any business essentially. And that's exactly what I did. I, I took the same concepts that were working for me to sell beats to rappers and I applied them to selling sound kits to producers. So I created some, you know, some nice looking funnels, selling bundles essentially of sound kits, not just an individual sound kit, but actual bundles of content, um, including also some video content, some eBooks, teaching them how to create FL Studio templates and, and all kinds of stuff. And uh, that just worked, did phenomenally well. So actually Modern Producers now um, is about twice the size as Anno Domination in terms of like this, the sales volume that we do. So it just goes to show that you can you can apply what you learn from selling beats and, and replicate it in another situation just as well. Hmm. And by the way, that's exactly what Gabe and I also did for MIDI money. We just decided that instead of selling, uh, you know, sound kits and technology, we also wanted to create some kind of like a, um, a learning environment, like a, um, I guess, a, a, a teaching course, right, for producers. And again, it was the same thing. Like we literally we're teaching how to create funnels, but we're using a funnel to sell the content too. And uh, one of the biggest, you know, advantages of a funnel is that it's a win-win situation, right? Because for the, the customer, they're getting a huge amount of value and content that they couldn't get elsewhere. It would, it would take you years to source this stuff from like a mm. thousand different sources, right? And instead we're kind of bundling it all up in a comprehensive way at a really affordable price um, compared to all the value that's inside. And then uh, obviously we get rewarded in turn from, like you said, over 2000 producers having joined the program already. 
So yeah, it's like a win-win. And, and those are the best kind of situations where you can feel happy and confident with your product and you're making money and, and you know, the business is growing as, as well. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And I, and I've got, um, got a friend who runs a sample pack company and, um, I've been working with him a little bit and it's been really interesting just talking to him about different marketing things and he's really big on Russell Brunson too. So it's, it's just great figuring out that side of things as well. I remember reading uh, Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson and he was talking about building like a community to help other people from what you're an expert in. And I remember just, cause I got the audio book, I remember just listening and I just remember hearing like your voice and Gabe's voice just in the whole thing because it was kind of just like the, the the template of what he was saying in that book was just exactly what MIDI money was and it's just a testament to say that it's, it works and if you if you really got something that that your audience want it's going to do well and that's the best thing about a funnel if someone gets if I get someone's email or you get someone's email they're going to get value straight away and then they'll want to stick around and that's the best thing. That's the, that is the best thing about it. I just, just love this whole funnel thing. And when it, when it, when I'm, when it's really working for me, it's going to be really, really going to be awesome, but I'm enjoying learning. But um, one thing I would like to ask you as well is when you um, first started selling beats in funnels, I don't know when you started, I'm assuming it was a bunch of years ago, but did you realize that it would have as much of an impact as it has, as, as it has had now? Yeah, I mean, I think I built my first funnel six or seven years ago or something now. And obviously back then, literally, I had the only funnel in the entire industry. So it was kind of fun for me because I had basically discovered this blue ocean in our industry where it was me and no one else. So obviously, you know, I was enjoying the rewards of being the only guy offering a bundle. We were getting loads of traffic, loads of customers and things like that. That was really fun. And I was enjoying that situation for like, three years or something before the next producer caught on, caught on which was Gabe from Lisa Beats. Mm. And uh, all of a sudden I saw this guy popping up, basically doing exactly what I was doing, sometimes like word for word, copying everything. And he was crushing it too. But um, I came to the realization that, you know, this whole thing about collaboration and, and competition, right? That I wasn't mad about it. I was actually genuinely happy for the guy and I was excited to see that what was working mm -hmm. for me could be replicated and would work for other people too. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I could have reached out to them and just been like the typical producer, just be like, hey, dude, you're just copying me. Like, you know, think of your own thing, blah, blah, blah. But instead I was like, hey, let's collaborate. This is awesome. I, I see, you know, you're getting into marketing. So far, it's just been me. It's kind of lonely here. So let's do something together. And uh, yeah, so we started working on a few things over the years. We got closer, did more collaboration work. And then eventually we decided like, this is so much fun. Let's let's actually build a community and, and invite all other producers into this thing, too. And that's where MIDI money came about. And, and that was kind of, you know, the jumping off point for all of a sudden, like a bunch of producers getting into funnels and marketing and just becoming smarter about the whole thing. Mm, definitely. That's super cool. And I can imagine at first when you saw Gabe popping up, I imagine at first you're like, what the hell's this guy doing? But then you were like, actually, it's pretty sweet. And then the opportunities to, to collaborate has just opened up an even bigger you know, revenue stream because you're reaching two audiences. And I think that's, that's super cool not to be proud as a producer and to the point where it's like, I'm not going to work with nobody because I don't want no one stealing anything or I don't want, I want the credit. It's all about me. Uh, but actually saying, you know what, I want to collaborate with you and, and then seeing that grow 
one of the uh, one inspiring story that's just happened in Midi Money was Wishmaster Beats just sold over like 100k. Um, he just sold beats for about 100k, and was it like 10 days or something? Uh, and he yeah, he, and he, he did like a two week launch, I think, and he made 113 thousand dollars in two weeks. Yeah, and this was a guy who before that was struggling to make any money on BeatStars. He actually he's an industry producer. He has some big credits. And he actually stopped selling beats online after he kind of went through that initial wave of, of sound click, like I did as well. He mm -hmm. stopped selling beats online completely. And then when he came back to it, he realized like the game had changed and what he used to do wasn't working. And he was just about getting by. Yeah. Uh, he was trying to do the beat stars thing. And then after joining MIDI money, his sales just kind of exploded again because he, he sort of understood the new way of thinking. He embraced the marketing and he crushed it. I mean, he created a great funnel. He, he did really well. And uh, yeah, like I said at the beginning, you know, don't be afraid to experiment. He tried something new as well by offering um, beats bundled with features from Stevie Stone. So he actually reached out to Stevie Stone from Tech Nine's label and they collaborated together. Uh, Stevie recorded some hooks on his beats and then they kind of bundled that up. And mm. again, it's, it's an awesome bundle of services. That's not just a single beat, but it's actually like a comprehensive package of stuff that artists love. And of course it did really well. Yeah, and didn't didn't he do affiliate marketing with a bunch of the producers in the group as well, who then went on to to sell to sell the bundle as well, which is just another awesome way for producers to to help each other and and, and affiliate marketing is something that I I see myself doing in down the, down the road, um, and I just I just thought the whole whole um, thing that he did there was just genius. I remember having him on my uh, podcast couple of months ago um we had a nice chat and he was telling me that he's just started to to launch it and uh it was he was he sounded really excited and he and it's his it, it sounded it was a bit like Gollum with the the lord of the rings ring he's like he knew he had something precious and he was just and he was just waiting to see how massive it was going to be which i thought yeah. was, was was really really cool and, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. And, and there's a bunch more people in the group too, like uh, Temper Beats. Ollie is from the UK as well. He's been crushing it. I think he made like 15 or 20k with his one-week launch. Wow. He's going to do another big one for Black Friday. So there's there's a lot of guys doing really well. Or well, my best friend Jacob, he actually took MIDI money teaching and he built a VST, and he promoted that through a funnel um, through the template that we gave him. And I think today he's made 250 thousand dollars from that one VST he sold through the uh the midi money template it's pretty awesome yeah but um yeah just going back to like the whole thing about collaborating instead of competing um the fact that now we have this community and we can all promote each other's offers we can you know collaborate on creating content quickly we even share each other's beats right and, and give other producers a chance to add them to their own funnels and to their to their bundles and essentially what happened was like at the start i mean i i kind of had this blue option right so i had like a little pie I know, I know you Northerners like pies, so let's talk pies. <laughs> I had this little pie and I owned the whole thing, right? But instead of being happy with that, I figured why not expand the pie? So mm -hmm. now even though I only have a slice of it, it's a huge pie. And I'm actually making more money at the end of the day because now we have this entire community and we're being affiliates for each other, we're, we're coming up with new ideas. I've done collaboration launches with people. And aside from that, it's also just a lot more fun, isn't it? Just working mm -hmm. with people. I mean, sometimes as a producer, it's, it's kind of solitary just sitting, you know, in your home studio, making beats all day. But actually having the opportunity to have 2,000 buddies like in a group and just hanging out, bouncing ideas off each other, 
coming up with you know concepts and stuff it's just a lot more enjoyable as a producer to me yeah definitely definitely which is which is one of the awesome things about midi money and i'd like to think that after people have listened to this they're like i should check midi money out because it sounds pretty awesome but um besides all of that stuff i know you're a family man and i know that you've invested in properties as well is that is that right yes that's right yeah so what was the um what was the so the reason behind that because that goes more into you being an entrepreneur um which is really really cool mm-hmm. so it's not just music that you do but it's also investing in properties as well what sort of made you want to do that yeah i mean interestingly enough um the whole investment thing is something that i, I want to make a part of midi money too because i feel like we don't just want to create change for producers to make more money but we actually want to create and and sort of fast forward society change as well and to get kids thinking about like being smarter investors what to do with their money how to set yourself up for retirement and stuff like that because i feel like especially in music so many people don't don't even think about that and the truth is that money and music sometimes it can go and come pretty uh, pretty rapidly right so for example if if you're a producer and you get a big placement maybe that's a bunch of money in 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 one year but then maybe you don't get any more placements for the next five years so unless you're smart about your money and you invest it into things that will pay you dividends it's kind of hard to to sustain yourself sometimes mm. as a producer so it's really important for me to impart on people the importance of, of being smart with your money and to me it was always my long-term goal to use the money that i made in music and and put it into real estate because to me that's a fairly safe um, investment that pays you back in so many ways it's not just you know about the um, sort of re- rental return you're getting from from uh, renting out your property. You also get capital appreciation because homes mm-hmm. always go up in value, especially in big cities like LA or London or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're also getting the uh, depreciation depreciation that you can write off on your taxes. Um, so and you're you're constantly sort of buying down the equity in your home, creating more money for yourself too. Mm-hmm. So owning real estate is actually a great way to uh, increase your net worth, especially in in the long run. So my goal has always been to try to build up this long-term portfolio of rental properties so that when I'm 50, 60 years old or something, I just have passive income coming in and I can be safe in retirement mm-hmm. because let's face it, like we can't really uh, count on our governments to, to take care of us when we're retired anymore. So I think it's important to think long-term and, you know, when it comes to your, your money and, and how are you going to look after yourself? And uh, yeah, so real estate is something I got into uh, the first house I bought was six years ago and I, I would have bought real estate sooner, but I was living in London for a long time and, and it's just so unaffordable there. So it's when I moved really to expensive. LA, yeah. So when I moved to LA, I kind of pounced on the opportunity to buy a little house. I think my, fir- my first house was like $500,000, something like that. I put uh, 20% down together with my, my now wife, <laughs> she bought something together. And uh, yeah, that house now is worth, I think, 800000 just from sitting there Hmm. and that entire time it's been paying me rent so like how else could i make three hundred thousand dollars in six years by doing nothing except putting my money into real estate exactly i think a lot of people you can they kind of think of real estate as something that's so unaffordable you know i need Hmm. to save so much money but they don't know that there's programs out there where you can buy your first home for five percent down or you know something like that even in the uk yeah it's not actually that much money you need to save up Hmm. absolutely me and my uh, wife actually have a, a business um, plan for our property portfolio development 
So going back to me really enjoying wine, we, we've got a vision um, to have a vineyard somewhere. We don't know where, vineyard with a hotel on it and um, to have it near the beach and have a nice beach house 10 minutes away. So that's, that's our long term. This is where we see ourselves when we're middle-aged. Few, we've, got a long time, we've got a long time to get there. But, and then we were like, right, well, how do we get there then? What's, what's step one? Right, so I'm going to keep working on my music business. And when we buy our house uh, early next year, we're going to convert the garage to Airbnb. And then that's going to be one side income that's going to help us either save money or pay off our mortgage or help us invest in other properties. So we're going to slowly but surely buy over the course of the next 20 years or whatever, going to just keep investing in properties and properties. So then we can afford, you know, get to our big dream. And then when we're retiring, we've just like your, your goal is just have this passive income. That's just keeping you steady because at the end of the day, pensions, you know, they're just, unless you've served in the forces or in the national health service in England, or, you know, you're a policeman or whatever you work for the government, you're sorted. But if you don't work for the government, you're not sorted. So you've got to actually hustle yourself and put all this money away. And, and that's, that, that's, that's, being, especially being in MIDI money as well, it's affirmed to me that I've got to really put the work in and learn marketing because I actually want to be there in, when I'm 50 in, in my own vineyard, in my own hotel. I want to be there. So I've got to really put the work in now and really grind because otherwise I don't want to be living in a two-bedroom flat with you know, my kids and my wife. I want a better life than that. So you've got to, you've got to really put the work in and you've got to step up as a as a person really and 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 i love yeah. what gabe says it's like just getting better at life as well if you know what i mean just learning all these principles it makes you a better person helping people learning about marketing growing your businesses and and things like that but um it's, it's yeah, definitely it's awesome. even little things like becoming more confident by mm -hmm. shooting videos of yourself engaging with your audience having conversations and that's the kind of thing that really helps you develop, not just as a marketer, but as a person, like you said, I think that's mm. really important. Definitely. But uh, yeah, good on you for having that, that big life plan. I think that's awesome, especially breaking it down into, you know, action steps and intermediary goals. And mm. that's really how you knock out those big goals, right? Mm. Like working backwards, like figuring out what are the intermediary steps to reaching that goal? And then what are the specific actions I can start taking like right now mm. to reach those intermediary goals? So that's, that's the way to do it. And before you know it, you've knocked it out. Yeah, definitely. And, and, it, and it's just, yeah, take your time. Uh, you know, by, I'm by no means there at all. I'm just completely still a rookie. But it's like, you've just got to take each day as it comes and celebrate each small win that you get. Like celebrate beat sales, celebrate your funnel, getting 100 opt-in, Ce celebrate, you know, just celebrate life and just keep going and not giving up and, and things like that. But uh, anyway, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, we, but uh, thank you for coming on. It's been lovely chatting to you and, and getting to chatting to you in person instead of over Facebook or wherever. And I, and I really appreciate you dropping your gems of wisdom for everyone who's going to listen as well. Uh, so thank you very much, bro. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Beats and Bars podcast. I'm your host, Battle Beats. See you next week. It's Battle Beats.